questions, where uncertainty is everywhere. Four friends bring you the answers and some seriously fucked up shit. Lumberjack porn. <laughs> <laughs> world and welcome back to freaks and geeks we've missed you we hope you've missed us (laughs) what's wrong what's wrong you came in like a wrecking ball well you know (laughs) just naked and wearing lipstick speaking of wrecking balls let's speaking of wrecking (laughs) balls let's talk about the sun The biggest wrecking yes. ball that we know. It's fucking me up right now. Oh, you mean like how today it felt like the sun in Mario 3? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, dear lovely listeners, if you haven't guessed it, we're talking about solar phenomenons today. Do, 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 Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, but... You know, before we can we can get to talking about that big old ball of gas, we have to go we have to go around the solar system, and we have to meet <laughs> our lovely oh. hosts. And this week, I am bestowing upon them one of the nine heavenly bodies that are in this solar system. Mm. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Because I count I count Pluto as a planet. Thank you. April, April, you're, you rec- I mean, I'm glad you recognize that I have a heavenly body. Before, before Chris unveils who he is, what planet he has chosen for each of us, I want, does everybody have a pen and a piece of paper? I want everyone to write down what they think he's going to choose. For just for ourselves? Each of us? Or for each other? For each yeah. of us? Right. Just, for uh, just for ourselves okay now it's become a game no show. no 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 it's also a game because i want to write down who i what planet i think he's going to choose for april <laughs> to see how bad he's gonna fuck up this week okay all right <laughs> monet oh, chris man. are you picking chris are you picking one for yourself uh i hadn't no all right i got paper all right so we're writing them down for everybody right yeah. Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah, dear listeners, I hope you're enjoying this time. Uh, how are you? <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> John Cena. Oh, I feel like everybody's gonna write the same thing for April. <laughs> I bet you we won't. Oh wow! I'm intrigued. Are you all ready? Uh, oh, no. I'm struggling with Carrie. I had, I, you know what? I struggled a little bit with what I wanted to do with Carrie, but I think I, I came to all right, a I got conclusion. One. I got one. Carrie, I'm ready. You? Okay, I'm ready. All right. So first up, like I said, April's going to be last. We have Carrie, who I have bestowed. You are Saturn. Because everything oh, okay. just everything just comes to you and just revolves around you. I got I named her Saturn too. Yeah, oh, look really? at that. I never, <laughs> why'd you choose Saturn? Because you drove you drive a Saturn. You used to. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, dear Saturn. Oh man. I right. love how Stacey, we came who'd to you pick? I had I had you as Earth. Because you're like oh, with your, sense. you know, I know how much you love like rocks and like, you know, things okay, like that. So okay. I just had you as Earth. <clears throat> that's a good, that's a good pick. I could go with that. I chose Pluto for myself. <laughs> just out there. Just, <laughs> just out there hanging don't out. Know, don't know if you're a planet <laughs> or not. I could just be. wandering around the edges of the solar system. <clears throat> Doing what I want. I make a rotation <laughs> once every couple of thousand years. I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, next up, we have our dear Stacy. And Stacy, I think it was pretty obvious for me to pick. I picked Mars for you because it's the red planet and your fiery mane. 
That's I'm that two what you for chose two. To? I'm two for two for the, ex- <laughs> for the exact okay. same reason. The exact Aww. same reason. I chose Mercury for you because I feel like you have like that zoom zoom energy. Aww. You know what? I actually I actually considered that. Why is Mercury going so fast <laughs> around the sun? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Christopher. So what did you choose? Hold on, Stacey. What did you choose for yourself? I chose oh, Venus yeah. because I think I'm really loving. Okay. All right. I mean, I, you know what? I, I went. I was I, thinking about it from. I was thinking about it from the perspective of what the names of the planets meant, not necessarily the physical traits of the planets. You See, made, I didn't you choose. Way deeper than I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose Venus because of all the gas. Well, that's that's a good one too. <laughs> Our listeners don't hear me burp anymore like they did when we were on the other <laughs> network because uh, we, you know, I, it gets cleaned up. What or I hit the I hit the mute button. I'll have to let one rip for everybody. Oh God, no! <laughs> all, right, all right, let's hear come, why everyone thinks that I'm Uranus. To the peace there is this. <laughs> Let's that's April. That's April. And she is, in fact, Uranus. Yeah. Because I want to be in you. Oh. <laughs> Could have made some money there. I'd voted on it. I, I knew that was going to happen. Does, does anyone uh, have anything different than I Uranus? do. I do. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, All wow. Right. You that's both true. do. All right. Go ahead, Carrie. <laughs> Well, okay. So this is the planet that I thought Chris was going to choose for you. I thought he was going to choose Jupiter. Why? <laughs> Why? Because there's always a storm brewing. Oh, geez. That's a good one. See, Honestly, if I was going to pick any, I would have picked Neptune because it's cold as hell. <gasps> oh, so mean to me. <laughs> Are you just trying to die? See, and I picked Mars for you because of your fighting spirit and just like your... Because it's the spirit of war? Yeah, like, she's like, right, she'll go. I mean, she will just throw down, man. If, if you, down. But gets shit done. No, but what, it's a done. good thing. Like, she will totally stand well, up for you. She will, like, back you up. And if something's not right, she will not stay silent. She will totally fight it. Boom. So I picked something different for myself, actually. Really? What'd you pick? Even though you knew what I was going to pick. Even though I knew what you were going to pick. Well, it's not a planet, though. I picked the Milky Way because I'm thick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a a thicky, thick girl, you know? (laughs) I'm a big body Bugatti over here. Hashtag okay, so Chris, Chris, I have to know what planet you would pick right because I know what I pick for you. Oh, I know, I know what I pick for him too. I didn't pick anything for me. Oh, really? Because I chose Uranus because you're full of shit, (laughs) girl. Same, (laughs) dear listener. This is why I'm here to take these shots just for you and your entertainment. um, I picked Pluto because you're small and illegitimate. The sun. (laughs) The sun. We need it. We love it. Sometimes we hate it. It sustains us. It kills us. It gives us a great tan, or it leaves us blistered and peeling. If you're anything like Jeff, our audio audio director. Who's going to have a field day with this (laughs) one? Audio (laughs) technician. Yeah. Godspeed, Jeff. Uh, We've worshipped it. <laughs> we've worshipped it and we've studied it. As far as celestial bodies are concerned, our sun is as recognizable as they come. It is also a beautifully volatile source of intrigue and wonder for any who might cast their eyes to the sky and wonder just what exactly goes on among the great figures in the wide universe. Our sun alone is home to a great many different mysteries and activities, though it doesn't have any terrestrial life to say the body is dead would be a philosophical insult. The sun is very much alive and rife with 
fantastic and amazing activities, the sort to incite wonder and fear at the same time. Hmm, mysterious. You all know that we're like just one big solar flare away from complete collapse. Yeah, so coronal mass ejections are a real fear for me for like, um, you know, we talked she about... She said ejections and you just laugh. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking about, um, I don't need to be scared of that because I wear a mask. God damn it. No, seriously, the coronal mass ejections are a real fear because that is it, it's, fine. it's seriously, it seriously could really jack shit up here on Earth. And I mean, it's very bad, very bad thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes, yes. That's one of those ELEs. And which we're gonna we're gonna revive we're gonna do a revisit extinction level event episodes that we did. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna revamp them. Bring them the yes. bring them with an. Is that what flipped the polls? <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna flip the world over. I'm so excited to do that. That series that we did was awesome. Indeed. Mm-hmm. What? <clears throat> We'd be remiss if we went into the topic of solar phenomenon. Do 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 do. And didn't talk about the star of the show. <laughs> oh my god, crickets! <laughs> I can't even like really groan at that. It's so bad. But heavenly, Thanks, Zach. but heavenly senses of humor <laughs> aside, the sun—it is the central theme of tonight's show. Just as it's the central point in our solar system, it is the very source of the majority of energy necessary to sustain life here on Earth. What is it, though? Put succinctly, the sun is a sphere of hot, incandescent plasma created by countless instances of nuclear fusion reactions within the core. Spanning a diameter of nearly 1.40 million kilometers, its mass is roughly 330,000 times that of Earth and accounts for more than 99% of the total mass of our solar system. That's, wow, that's a lot. I didn't realize it was that much. That's crazy. You know, it it really is a crime that this is an audio format and not video, just so that people could see your facial expressions, Chris. (laughs) I know, right? All of our facial expressions, like that one that I had a little bit ago when I when I made that thing. (laughs) When you made that when when you made that coronal mass ejection. (laughs) (laughs) When I had my coronal mass ejection. Yeah, you might want to put a mask on for that one. (laughs) <laughs> oh man so the primary components making up our sun are hydrogen helium oxygen carbon neon iron and a series of other smaller elements the sun is estimated to be approximately 4.6 billion years old and was formed by a gravitational collapse within a molecular cloud which honestly sounds like the worst way you could possibly die in a molecular cloud or as a molecular cloud Within a molecular cloud, isn't that doesn't that sound like a black hole? Uh, I mean, I think it isn't though, because wouldn't they call it a black hole then? But isn't a black hole like sort of a gravitational collapse within itself? Yes. So. So then, is a sun what happens? I don't think it's the same. when the black hole ends. Ooh. No, I mean the sun is just a star. But yes. So the star, I mean, our <clears throat> our star is no different than any other star in the universe. It's going to age. It's going to go through its life cycle. It's going to. It's going to stay beautiful really big forever, and become okay. a red giant. It's going to. No, it's going to become a red giant someday, and that when it that does happen, it'll probably grow to the size where it will cover where Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars are. It'll probably go all the way out. Because it'll get huge, and then it'll explode. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> How, what do we? Do you have any idea on like time span on that? Uh, millions. What's of years. that, April? Do you have any idea on like time span on that? Not like until it happens, but like how quickly would the expanse occur? Oh no, I have no idea. I mean, look at Antares. Antares is a red giant, and how long has that been there? As long as I can remember. So, I mean, mm, no idea. It's been there for a while. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, these aren't quick. <laughs> well, that's a problem for future me, it seems like. I don't think we'll be around. 
Well, I mean, some we will be in some form or another. Oh, reincarnation, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll come back as even not, even 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 not reincarnation. All of our bits are going to be there. It's true. Yeah, we're made of stardust. So, Antares is twelve million years old. Oh my, it's a long time. Oh wow. Like it's been a red giant for 12 million years? Um, well, it says, I mean, I'm just looking at statistics. Star, ty- star type, it's an M-class supergiant. And it is 12 million years old. It does not say, um, okay, it says at only around 12 million years old, Antares is already nearing the end of its lifespan and is expected to explode as a supernova in the next million years. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Spring so, chicken. We got some time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Oh, did you know? Th- okay, just fun fact real quick. Mm-hmm. Due to the reddish color, the ancient Greeks associated the star with the planet Mars. The name Antares is Greek for rival of Mars. Mm. Oh. Fun facts. That would fun be- facts. So if April is Mars, would that be me? No. No. Because I'm the rival of Mars? I don't think so. No. Well, I'd rather be that than Pluto. Why are you my rival? First of all, why are you my rival? I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to be your rival, but you're put. You're throwing down fighting words. I mean, all the shit you say, it kind of <laughs> seems like you do. <laughs> yeah. It's all in jest and all good fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know why he's being real crazy right now? Because he is in Illinois and I am in Georgia, so he knows I can't reach him physically right now. I can feel you emotionally. <clears throat> I wish sometimes I wish that I had that Darth Vader thing where I could like force choke people. <laughs> force <laughs> force choke them oh through the God. Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader during the age of COVID. He's on a he, Zoom call. He does it in the movie. Employee. He does it in the movie. There, oh, he does. You're right. <laughs> just it's just a new age. He's on. He's on a Zoom. <laughs> he he's on a jokes Zoom. Jokes him out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you might be asking yourself, dear listener, hey, what is a molecular cloud? Well, I'm going to tell you. A molecular cloud, often aptly referred to as a stellar nursery, is an interstellar cloud which facilitates the formation and gathering of molecules, often molecular hydrogen. Within these clouds are regions filled with gas and dust gathered to varying degrees of density, which are known as clumps. Also what I take in the morning. Scientific assault. (laughs) Scientific term there. Highly, (laughs) Highly technical. We call them clumps. These clumps are often the building blocks for stars and can lead to the formation of a new star if there is sufficient present gravitational force to cause the gases and dust to collapse. How exactly the accumulation and collapse of said gravitational force occurs is widely debated and little known. The actual physics present it present, oh my lord, present in these clouds is generally debated or is believed to be turbulent in nature, filled with dense, cold, magnetized gas, which moves at supersonic speed. That sounds terrifying. It does. It sounds very scary. I mean, I bet, it, I bet it'd be insane and awesome to watch, but from a real far distance. <laughs> it would break your brain. Probably. It is theorized that the energy produced by these movements is fleeting, causing loss of energy, quickly resulting in either collapse or a reinjection of energy. It was from one of these celestial clouds from which our sun is believed to have been born. A fun sidebar fact, these molecular clouds are often home to astronomical masers. Masers. I think it's masers. Masers. A stimulated spectral line emission, usually within the microwave portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. Masers will result in emissions that are monochromatic in nature, possessing a frequency which corresponds to the energy difference between two quantum mechanical energy levels. Cool, right? Cool. So basically, we have these interstellar clouds all over the place, and within them, you can have the formation of stars, just like what we see when we look 
out, you know, looking at a telescope, or whatever we see, um, there are molecular clouds. I, I, I can't remember. What is it? The Magellan cloud that you can see from earth. Is, am I correct, Carrie? I don't know if you can see it from Earth, but yes. I'm like Magellan. I'm so Magellan. Magellanic cloud, I think it is. Would it be um, something similar to a nebula? Or is that something altogether different? Okay, so we have large... How would we say this? Magellanic? Yes. I mean, that's that sounds right, yeah. Your guess is as good as mine, to be honest. So the large Magellanic cloud is a satellite galaxy of the Milky Way. Hmm. Here's how I'm interpreting these molecular clouds. It's like if you're making butter and like you're turning it and the clumps are where the curds start to form and then they turn into stars or sticks of butter. You know what? I now understand it fully. Thank you. Delicious. Thank you for putting it in ways that I can understand. Get it? Turn that button. Okay. Ways. Okay. So in a nebula, you were, you were right with saying nebula because the Eagle Nebula, um, is it's saying here that the Eagle Nebula is the most famous example of a molecular cloud. Yeah. Cause just based off of sort of how the description goes and how I, how in my mind I view nebulas, it just kind of sounded real similar. So just putting two and two together. They're very beautiful and mm-hmm. pictures of molecular clouds. They're very beautiful. I actually want to get Here, one. I'll post and, a picture in the chat. I want to get one and put it into a little. Uh... It's actually the background of my phone is one. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, those are cool. I want to get yeah, it. Yeah, they're very pretty. I want to get it like in men in black and then put it on a necklace. So moving on from molecular clouds. So pretty. And how we likely owe the creation of our own sun to one. Our sun is comprised of multiple quote-unquote parts in its structure. The sun consists of a core, which is the seat of the nuclear fusion reactions, which occur that keep our sun in motion, and with it, our solar system alive. The core is an astounding 15.7 million kelvins, whereas the next layer, the radi- the radiative layer, or sorry, radiative zone, is only only seven to two million kev- kelvins. Uh, oh, that's that's so much cooler. Yeah, so much cooler. Yeah, I might go vacation there this uh, uh, this winter. Yeah, yeah. I have a house. Take some, uh, take some sunblock with you. Uh, yeah, uh, no, just a bit to put on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> you need those little tanning goggles that they give you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> tanning goggles and zinc oxide on your nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I need to put, I need to put a little bunny on my, on my hip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Didn't we all? <laughs> well, maybe not all of us. Well, well, <laughs> Carrie. Uh, well, shit. Uh, all right. So beyond that, we have the tacticlean, is how I'm going to say that, which serves as the boundary between the radiate the radiative and convective zone. The convective zone accounts for approximately seventy percent of the sun's radius and is the point closest to the visible. Surface of the sun. At this layer, the sun is cool enough to allow diffusion to occur, allowing outward heat transfer to also occur. Then come the photosphere and the atmosphere. The photosphere is the deepest part of the sun which we can observe with light. Meanwhile, the atmosphere is the gaseous halo surrounding the sun, which is the region comprising the chromosphere, solar transition region, corona, and helosphere, all of which are often visible during solar eclipses. Wow, even the sun has to deal with the coronavirus. It's crazy. <laughs> the heliosphere, sir. What? And I don't know what the tesseract has to do with that. <laughs> the tesseract? Yeah. What, from Captain America? You know. The boundary between the radiative and the convective zone. Loki is everywhere. The boundary between the radiative and the convective zone. Yeah, the the tesseract. (laughs) Okay. I don't know either. Yeah. 
That's what she said. <laughs> Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Don't think about it. He is. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> All right. And on the mention of solar eclipses, we can delve into the various types of solar phenomena. Do, 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 do. Also, yes, before anyone comments on it, we know that a solar eclipse is technically a lunar event, not a solar phenomenon. Yeah, we're, we're not dumb. Well, I mean, sometimes. So, as Stacy alluded to earlier, let's talk about some coronal mass ejections. Ooh, this is the scary stuff. This event is when a massive burst of solar wind and magnetic fields occur, resulting in a rise of mass above the solar corona. CMEs often look like wisps of energy whipping out and away from our sun and occur fairly frequently. During the solar maxima part of the solar cycle, the sun will produce approximately three CMEs daily and only one of every five days during a and only one every five days during solar minima. minima. CMEs being volatile. Minima, minima, minima. CMEs being volatile in nature vary in strength and in intensity and can even result in the damaging of satellites and electro- electrical transmission line facilities, in addition to disrupting radio transmissions. CMEs can also be so intense and far-reaching that they impact the Earth's magnetosphere, resulting in a disruption and temporary deformation of the Earth's magnetic sphere. These temporary deformations can then result in what's referred to as a geomagnetic storm. When CMEs occur, they will also often accompany another form of solar event, much as a sol- such as a solar flare. Though there is no observed connection between the two beyond periodically similar occurrences. Holy Lord, that is terrifying. We're all going to die. Okay. Okay, yeah. So this happened. Um, there was something called the Carrington event that happened September 1st through 2nd, uh, in, back in 1859. Oh, they probably thought it was okay. came from God then. Um, this was a huge geomagnetic storm. And what happened was a CME hit the Earth's magnetosphere and created the largest geomagnetic storm on record. So what, what exactly happens during a geomagnetic storm? So now you have to remember what the technology was back then. Um, So we have to think about it in that sort of context. So when the Carrington event happened, okay, so when the Carrington event happened, it said that there were bright sky colors observed in the evening on August 28th, so a couple days before. And then southern auroras were observed as far north as Queensland, Queensland, Australia. And then just before, that was on the 29th, then on just before noon on the 1st, uh, English amateur astronomers Richard Carrington and Richard Hodgson independently recorded the earliest observations of a solar flare. And they put their reports together and showed their drawings in event 1859 at the Royal Astronomical Society. Now, it said that this flare was associated with a major coronal mass ejection that traveled directly toward Earth, taking only 17.6 hours to make the 93 million mile journey. So that's freaking fast. So now, typically, CMEs take several days to arrive at Earth, but it's believed that the high speed of this CME was made possible by a prior CME, perhaps the cause of the large of this large the R event on the 29th that kind of cleared the way of any kind of ambient solar wind plasma for this to be able to travel quickly. Now, it says that because of a geomagnetic solar flare effect um, and a geomagnetic storm observed the following day, 
they suspected a solar terrestrial connection, whatever that means. Um, Worldwide reports of the geomagnetic storm of 1859 were compiled and published by American mathematician Elias Loomis, which support the observations of Carrington and Stewart. So let's see, what does it say? Okay, so this geomagnetic storm. Mm -hmm. Auroras were seen around the world, those in the Northern Hemisphere as far south as the Caribbean. The Caribbean. So think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. You're just like hanging out, you know, and then you're like on an island, you know, and and all of a sudden you see like northern lights. Those over the Rocky Mountains in the U.S. were so bright that the glow woke gold miners who had begun preparing breakfast because they thought it was morning. Damn. Wow. People in the northeastern United States could read a newspaper by the light of the aurora. The aurora was visible from the poles to low-latitude areas such as south-central Mexico, Queensland, Cuba, Hawaii, southern Japan, and China, and even at lower latitudes very close to the equator, such as in Colombia. Estimates of the storm strength range from 800 NT to 1750 NT. That's some sort of, I don't don't know what that measurement is. Um, Oh, it's a Tesla. Nanotech? Okay. No, what, what's N? No, it's a t- NT, the Tesla. So I don't know whether it what, is the car? a... Nickel. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, so, tel- no, so here it gets into the electronics piece. So telegraphs were around then, okay? Telegraph systems all over Europe and North America failed. And in some cases even gave the operators electric shocks. Hmm. The telegraph pylons through sparks. Some telegraph operators could continue to send and receive messages despite having disconnected their power supplies. Damn. So it almost like it charged, it actually charged it. Um, Could you imagine if that happened today? Because uh, we would all be totally and utterly screwed. Precisely what I was getting at. So what would happen if this happened today everything would be fried um so they talk about that and it says um today the population is close to 7.7 billion and this was written uh february 11th 2021 we now have satellites and high-speed internet all powered by a massive grid of electricity that dwarfs what was in use during the carrington event no shit type of If this type of solar geomagnetic storm occurred today, it would cost an estimated one to two trillion dollars in damage. And there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's cover the earth in a huge barrier of dolomite. It's dolomite, baby. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just incredible. If you think about it, if you were a coal miner and you thought it was morning, that's how bright it was outside. That's nuts. I mean, I would be completely freaked out if I saw this. I mean, it's this is terrifying. Well, I mean, you also have to think of... Man, I don't even know. That's crazy. I think a lot of people would become religious at that point. Everything would fail. I would like to say that, like, of course, that's the big picture of what happens if there's a big one. But the ones that occur all the time affect people on Earth every day oh yeah we just had we just had one hold on there was just one um when was it it actually impacted georgia oh really well yeah uh where was it at georgia just happened this past month massive solar storm set to hit earth gps phone signals likely be damaged power grids vulnerable this was okay. Weeks after a powerful, sol- powerful solar flare created blackout over the Atlantic, a solar storm is headed towards Earth, likely to hit the planet on Tuesday, Wednesday. When was this published? July twelfth. Dubbed as a geomagnetic storm, the high speed, which we know that's not accurate because it would not come from the sun as a geomagnetic storm. It would create a geomagnetic storm. Right. Good job, India today. Um, <laughs> you throwing shade at India today. <laughs> <laughs> I am throwing shade because we just because we just learned about this, so we know that that's not really correct. Um, 
So massive solar flare expected to hit satellites operating in Earth's upper atmosphere, impacting GPS navigation, mobile phone signals, and satellite TV. Not the satellite TV. Come on. But it doesn't talk about it being a CME. So not just our technology. It affects us. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. It affects our brains and everything. Our operating system. Yes, Mm -hmm. it does. And it affects it affects wildlife too. So um, the geomagnetic and solar activity can affect heart rate variability and the autonomic nervous system. Interesting. You know what that reminds me of too. So what movie was it where um, there was an EMP and all the electronics stopped and like people with pacemakers just like died? Uh, Goldeneye. Was that it? Well, I mean, GoldenEye was actually an EMP sat- from a satellite that knocked out every all the electronics. It's the same concept. But you know, I no, this was the movie The Core. Uh, Stacy's face right now. I watched. I watched that movie. I don't remember that happening. I remember that happening because I remember there was a problem with the electromagnetic field and then the birds went ape shit. And then like this guy was walking in to give a presentation and all of a sudden he like dropped over dead and something like that. But, but I swear there was a movie though, where specifically that like they were talking about people that had pacemakers I don't think it, and it was because me, look, of an look, EMP. Well, I think the core it's basically, was, it's, it's the same thing as a, it's the same thing as an EMP. Right. It's the same effects that a CME would have as what an an electromagnetic pulse would have the same thing. There was polar storm. Mm. That was a that was a film. Polish storm. There was there was Medusa's child. What the fuck? What was John Travolta in it? No, Uh, not that I read. Battlefield Earth. Polar Storm oh, sounds kind of familiar. When was when did Polar Storm come out? Oh, hold on, because it's talking. There's another one. Oh, who don't know? All right. Well, why you look? It was. Up? I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a well-known movie. See, I watch a lot of these movies, and they're not really well-known because they're like all on Netflix, and I'm like, oh, let me watch this and have nightmares up, because I love it. So, so we want to talk about the specific ways that it can affect us. Yeah. Um. It it alters regulatory pro- regulatory processes such as melatonin and serotonin balance, blood pressure, breathing, reproductive, immune, neurological, and cardiac system processes. Oh, shit. They're also associated with significant increases in hospital admissions for depression, mental disorders, psychiatric admissions, suicide attempts, homicides, and traffic accidents, Hmm. as well as exacerbating existing diseases and if correlated with significant increases in cardiac arrhythmia, cardiovascular disease, Incidences of myocardial infarction, related death, alterations in blood flow, increased blood pressure, and epileptic seizures, as well as migraine. The sun is out to kill us. The sun's trying to kill us. Uh, Just literally because of the effect that it has on our autonomic nervous system, which controls all of those functions. The sun is trying to kill us. Chris, I agree. The sun's out. Yeah, it's for real. Can we just take like a hose and just like. (laughs) You. Wet t-shirt contest, son, you're invited. (laughs) Ocean's Eleven, that happened in Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. Um, Maybe that was it. (laughs) There's also something called EMP 333 Days. Oh, that sounds Um, good. I haven't seen that, but I'm writing it down. I'm going to watch it. So the other one was 2009. Let me see. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to continue because we got other stuff to get to. All right. Sorry, because um, I'm fascinated now. It's, I, you know what? I love the enthusiasm. Keep it because I think we're going to have a little bit more discussion later on effects okay. of solar phenomenon. So, OK, cool. We also have solar flares, as we talked about about 10 minutes ago. Uh, a solar flare is an event during which a flash of energy results in the production of a quote. Sorry. 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 A solar limb. In fact, anything... Was it dead in a heartbeat with Judge Reinhold? No, I don't think it was that. That's not what the solar limb is. is. dust? Or zero? It's like I'm not even here. (laughs) I'm listening to you, Chris. I'm listening to everybody. (laughs) 
So these limbs will often whip out and away from the sun, resulting in a far-reaching discharge aha, of electrons, ions, and atoms in space. Flares are commonly attributable to much of the space weather experienced by and around the Earth, the resulting clouds of ions, electrons, and atoms producing substantial geomagnetic storms. So I'm kind of wondering what the difference is here between a CME and a flare, because they sound the same. Um, So let's see here. What's it say? Often flares and CMEs go together, but not always. However, they have quite distinct shapes. CMEs are huge light bulb shaped structures that propagate away from the sun, expanding as they travel through the interplanetary space. Flares, on the other hand, are smaller in size, and more sudden. Hmm. So like, you, so I would say... So a flare is like a small local event, whereas a coronal mass ejection is like a large scale yeah. event. I think it'd be like... Where it's, it's, it's not just particles like it is with the flare, with the solar material, the, with the coronal mass ejection, it's actually solar material like plasma and magnetic field. Hmm. Solar plasma, that's terrifying. Solar plasma speeding at you. (laughs) I mean, anytime you got something like that speeding at you, it's... Well, somebody needs to pull it over and give it a ticket. Or put a cap on it. (laughs) Uh, Son, I'm going to need you to wear your Jimmy hat today. Thanks. All right. Next are proton events, otherwise known as... Proton events? What the hell is this? Well, they're also known as proton storms. These occur when protons emitted by the sun accelerate either during a flare or CME shock. When these proton storms hit Earth, they will often penetrate the magnetic sphere, resulting in ionization within the ionosphere. The visible impact on Earth is typically something akin to auroral auroral events, substituting electrons for protons, and is largely harmless. However, these proton storms pose a substantial radiation hazard to both spacecraft and astronauts, requiring that they be avoided during periods of travel between space and Earth. Timing the avoidance of one of these proton storms is not particularly easy, though, as these protons can reach the Earth within 30 minutes of a solar flare's peak, which is absolutely bonkers when you think of how far we are from the sun. 30 minutes. Damn. That's crazy, Cakes. Yeah. You still want to be an astronaut? (laughs) I I do. You know what? I... I actually do. Um, Bring it on, (laughs) baby. (laughs) I actually do. I'd like to actually go deeper into the earth. (laughs) You want to be a mole person. She just wants to, she wants to, yeah. (laughs) I want to dig. I want to breathe and I will go. She wants to dig and I want to fly. And then me and April are just here. The balance. The balance. Yeah, I mean, well, if you think about it, if you're on like the International Space Station, now I'm sure that there has to be some sort of. I think it has. I think that's got to be shielded in some in some variation. It's got to have some sort of shield on it, yeah. you would think. Because do you think that, where the fuck are you gonna go? I mean, do you think <laughs> that the astronauts are just literally just playing like um one big game of musical chairs, right? So that you know, like the people down here are probably gonna suffer, you know, but. The people in the space station, they'll be fine because they're shielded. So, like, they're like, "Yeah, when's my rotation?" Uh, all right, yeah, but hey, you need the me to take yours. Pap- you need me to sub for you. I'll, I'll you know, I'll do a couple extra years. Don't worry about it. But if the power, if the power grid and stuff all over the world isn't shielded, and one of these happens, your ass, your happy ass is stuck up in space. Because how are you navigating to get back? And how are you going to land that shit to get You're home? You're not. You're just going to live there. Yeah, it's just going to be drinking your own pee. Forever. Forever. <laughs> I've seen this movie. 
They pull a, they pull a 90-year-old that worked on the moon landing. Yeah, out Clint of Eastwood. Yeah. And he he got them back down. Oh, with yeah. Oh, that was, oh, Space yeah. Cowboys. That's such a yeah. good movie. <laughs> yeah, and then there's an asteroid, and they have to, to drill a <laughs> hole into the asteroid. Uh, asteroid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As, to, to put explosives in. And then, listen. I just want to say that at um, the same time, they also have to dig down to the Earth's core to blow up a bomb to get it rotating again as well. Yeah, to to knock them apart from each other, knock them apart. If nothing, we are just listing catastrophic movies of the late nineties prepared us for these situations, right? That's what caused twenty ten or twenty twelve, rather, not twenty. Listen, ma'am. Here's what I'm saying. 2012 was a good movie, too. <laughs> Texas couldn't even survive a snowstorm. Yeah, what are they going to do? You have a point. What are they- hey, what they say? Texas Survival of the fittest. Yeah, don't mess with Texas unless Texas you're snow. Don't mess, don't, mess with te- don't mess with Texas. They can, that's right. Don't mess with Texas. They can keep their shit all to themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. How, well, you know what? Okay, so proton events, not necessarily so bad for us, nope. but still not good for astronauts. All right. Well, let's let's go on to the next one. Let's talk okay. about prominences. And these what the hell? are okay. another commonly observed form of solar phenomenon. These are those large gaseous features which extend out and back towards the sun in large loops. These loops consist of prominence prominence plasma rather than coronal plasma and are often 100 times cooler. They've got shades on. Their their lesser energy often results in a timescale lasting anywhere (laughs) from one day to several months. Some of these can also break apart, resulting in a CME, which is absolutely terrifying. Prominences are massive events extended hundreds of thousands of kilometers in length, with the longest on record being in excess of 800,000 kilometers long. Holy shit. Jesus. That's a big boy. Okay, so the sun at this... uh, I'm just going to say that the sun, I think, is scary. I mean... Yes, it is. Why do you think it was worshipped as a god for so long? No kidding. The sun is very scary. It's basically, an, an, it, it is a ginormous nuclear reactor. That gives you cancer. That's just kind of sitting out there that's spewing stuff out at any time. And we're just like fucking sitting ducks. This is why we need to. Do you ever think about that? We need to get to, we need to get to no. Neptune. Did you ever think about that? That we're just like, yeah. just think yeah. at this moment in time. We are just yeah, try not to. sitting on try a rock. Not to. The existential dread. Floating try not to just delve into it. <laughs> floating through space. There's all kinds of shit out there that could be flying towards us. We have no idea. The sun could explode at any minute. We have no idea. We're just on a fucking rock. Well, you know what benefit we have over other planets is that we're flat like a Frisbee. So the rays will just go <laughs> right over us like an airplane wing. <laughs> Which is slice right yeah. through them. <laughs> Lucky us. Turbulence my ass. <laughs> like, I, like I said, that is the thought that always comes to my mind when we do these types of shows. Or when you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep. Sitting. Yeah, that happens to me too. <laughs> why can't, I, like why can't I sleep? <laughs> why can't I sleep? Why does Stacy have such poor sleeping habits? Thanks, oh, you Stacey. know. <laughs> Oh, you know, she she likes to sit there and think about the fact that she's just on a rock floating through space. We're literally just stardust that managed to accumulate together to form said being. Very true. Yeah, now we've got anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Screaming into the void. Thanks, space. Screaming into the void. Thanks, space. <laughs> All right. Well, last on our list of solar phenomenon are sunspots. Now, these are visible dark spots on the sun's surface and are the result of intense magnetic activity, which inhibits the possibility of convection cooling the photo the photosphere. That's a much more difficult word than I, you would expect it to be. 
These <laughs> these dark spots are surrounded by faculae, slightly brighter areas. Very good, Chris. Form, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> slightly brighter areas, which form as the flow of energy from the photosphere is gradually reestablished. Because the faculae result from the reestablishing of energy, they will often last far longer than the sunspot itself. The sunspots will occur semi-frequently, usually coming in cycles ranging from 7 to 11 years, and often come in pairs, forming at opposite ends of magnetic polarity. Some sunspots which have occurred in history have been or have even been visible to the human eye. For this to occur, a sunspot must be at least five or 50,000 kilometers in diameter, covering more than 2 million square kilometers. During recent cycles, approximately 100 sunspots have been visible from Earth. Okay, I think I saw a sunspot once. I remember this vividly. I was in second grade and my mom was driving me to school in the morning. And I remember it was a very, it was very cold. It was wintertime. So it was, you know, very cold, um, crisp, sort of kind of almost like a little bit foggy out. And I, so you could see the sun. And I mean, of course, you're not like staring at it. Mm. But I remember that there was like a black mark on the sun. Hmm. I could see it. And it wasn't a cloud because there weren't any clouds. You know, it's not like there was like a cloud in front of it or anything like that. But I remember visibly, I remember vividly seeing this because you know how I am always like looking at stuff. And if I see something that's off, I get like freaked out. (laughs) And so even as a kid, I was like this. (laughs) So I remember saying, mom, what is that? You know, she's like, oh, look at this. I was was going to say, what are you doing? (laughs) Looking right at the sun. (laughs) I wasn't, you know, you can like look at the sun. You can kind of like see it out of your without Looking right at it, you know. But yeah, so I remember seeing that as a kid and aliens. I tried looking to see, but I can't remember the time frame, but I, well, it could be aliens. Yeah, it could be. But like, I remember looking at the, you know, now that we have the internet and stuff, which I did not have when I was eight years old, um, to be able to try and figure out, was there a sunspot or something during that time, like 1988, 1987 sort of time frame that yeah. you could have seen from earth. And maybe that's what I saw. I don't know. Huh. But I just re- I remember that. Crazy. I, for- I forgot I forgot all about that until you started talking about this. Well, I mean that's what we're here for. We're here to re because I'm old. Bring up old memories. Well, that's the thing. I'm old, so like, yeah, you're gonna trigger. I can't remember what I ate yesterday, but I can tell you about something that happened. You know, almost thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you need more ginseng and biloba. <laughs> all right. N- All right, so now we've come back around. Now we're going to talk about the impacts of solar phenomenon so we can re-attack, you know, circle back around to that conversation you guys were having earlier. Sounds good. As previously alluded to, solar events can cause or can result in a number of different impacts, not only in space, but also on Earth. Space weather, such as solar storms, can result in deformations of the magnetic sphere, causing power outages and similar inconveniences on Earth. Solar winds impacting the Earth's atmosphere will also often times result in aurora effects, making for breathtaking sights, not only in space, but also from Earth where visible. Ionospheric disturbances are typically caused by solar flares and result in telecommunication systems interference. Geomagnetic currents can also result uh, can also result from intense solar phenomenon. During these incidents, impacts on Earth's magnetosphere can result in a discharge, uh-huh, re- inducing currents in earthly conducts. The result degradation and even increased corrosion of pipeline steel and damage to high-voltage transformers. I didn't realize it could corrode steel. That's... Poor Optimus Prime. Excuse me? 
Yeah, right. Oh, transform. Oh, God time. damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take me so long? Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody. I'm losing my touch. That is like, is there like, I feel like the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger of how terrible like these, th- these events actually are for us here on earth and how much can, how much is going to get really screwed up. Well, especially when you think about how dependent we are on technology, right? I mean, look how jacked up it was in 1859 when all they had was the telegraph. Yeah, we were really screwed. Everything that we have here is Listen. electronic. I mean, our banking is electronic. All oh, of it yes. is oh, maybe ones and zeros now. All debt's going to be re- erased. Woohoo! Gross. I don't have to pay my student money ones. in the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to put. We need to. Uh, we need to pull some out. Get it under the. Get it under the uh, mattress there. Dig a hole. Yeah, dig, a, dig a little hole. Yeah, that's those are my survival I'm techniques. Not... Just putting money in containers and burying them in the backyard. Just digging a Listen, hole. Listen, if it was if it was good enough for my grandfather, it's good enough for me. I mean, there we go. I, I don't know if anybody else is getting this, but I'm constantly getting ads for like survival meals. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you need? Do are you a survivalist? Are you ready to live off the land? Well, here, buy these survival. Yeah, are you buy these survival meals that you can put into these uh, also containers that you can purchase from us that you can then bury out in the woods. It's like, <laughs> what? Do you people know something that we don't? <laughs> oh my god! Why are you getting ads like that? What are you looking? I don't know. I don't know where they start. Lumberjack porn. If- <laughs> 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 Nothing I love more. Than watching a a, a a busty, sturdy lady hacking at some wood in a flannel, like a cut-off flannel that's tied, you know? Mm. They have that, you know? I'm sure they do. Well, all I can say is, well, lumberjack, too bad we're cousins. Yeah. Too bad we're cousins. Listen. That flannel, though. You guys were the... I'm not surprised that there's lumberjack porn. You guys had enlightened me to the fact that there's something called tentacle porn. So, like, I'm just... Rule 34. Who introduced you to that? Huh? Who introduced you to that, ma'am? I don't know. Somebody on here mentioned it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Somebody on here mentioned it. (laughs) And you looked it up. that's what happened. No, Uh you guys told me what it was. This was was a long time ago. You know what's sexy? Tentacles. (laughs) Let me get let me get them ten tickles. Ten tickles. <laughs> I had no idea that was even a thing. And now you can't stop thinking about it. I'm, it's odd. I'm gonna <laughs> it's say. odd. It's weird. Are you thinking about it? <laughs> You're thinking, it's weird. Don't, you thinking don't about, think it? about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? If we told you, yes, you, that solar activity is also a contributor to current methods for carbon dating, seems almost oh. Oh. out of this world, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's true. Oh my God. Carbon 14, also known as C14 production, is the direct result of solar activity, which is produced in the upper atmosphere during cosmic ray bombardments of at- atmospheric nitrogen. C14 is then subsequently captured in much of our natural world, such as the rings in trees. Because C14 is at its lowest during solar maxima, the higher during and higher during solar minima, our observation of the presence of C14 levels corresponding to a tree's rings allow us to map historical solar data. Isn't that neat? That is pretty cool. So neat. Neato torpedo. What do you think about that, Carrie? The NFTS. Did you know about that? Sorry. Oh, yes. Actually, yeah, I did. About the tree rings, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, do you did you know that the person who counts the most is actually called the Lord of the Rings? Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you gotta go chuck that tree into One Mount ring. Doom. <laughs> One ring to roll them all. You just find a tree. Oh my God. You find a tree with one ring and just walk around. Look. I have the one ring. <laughs> Chris, I'm starting to worry about you. It's the solar rays. 
They're getting to him. Yeah. They're eating his brain. Yeah. Sora Flare eating your brain? Yeah. Well, I mean, according to April, there's not much there, so. There's not a whole lot there. It's just a little, it's just a little Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for chiming in. I didn't mean to interrupt that stretch you had going on. Ooh, hey. Future. Future, who are we? What Pokemon are we? Uh, April's a Snorlax. Just put that in your pocket for later. April's a Snorlax. No, I want to be Snorlax. I can't remember names of Pokemon like that. So hard right now. What do you mean trying so hard? He's trying. He's trying so hard right now. So hard for what? I don't know. Because you're about to be like a freaking like one of those fucking yellow dwarfs, and you're about to get exploded here in a minute. You won't stop it. <laughs> you mean a red dwarf? Well, they have yellow dwarfs too. In fact, our son is a yellow dwarf, so fuck off. But it's not. Ex- um. it's not- <laughs> it becomes a red dwarf or it becomes a red giant. Okay, sorry. I misspoke. You were correct. Yeah, no. Bring it, bring it back around. Oh my God. Okay, Snorlax. You want to bring that car back around? <laughs> uh, oh my yeah. god. Hmm? Hopefully tonight's episode has given you at least a better fundamental understanding of our son and some of the and how amazing, terrifying it is. Amazing effects <laughs> its phenomena have on our earth. We hope that you can sleep. Coinciding with yeah, that, right? we hope that we also <laughs> hope you found it just as amazing as we did to discover that our very own trees have managed to help us map our solar history. Understanding our sun, how it was formed, <laughs> and how it has behaved over its lifespan is just another piece in the puzzle of completing our understanding of the vast universe around us. Moreover, it's just cool to learn about celestial bodies and how they interact with one another, despite being millions of miles away from one another. Yeah, it's really cool to learn about the fact that this is millions of miles away from us, and it could fucking kill us in, like, 17 hours yeah that is absolutely terrifying what would you do what are you gonna do what would you do if you knew you only had 17 hours left to live jerk off profusely oh (laughs) Uh, okay that one came really easy to you i mean what else are you gonna do do what else are you gonna do well why jerk off if you're gonna be dead like why not go have sex like i would go to water yeah that would be very calming. Would you try to hide underneath the water? No, I would just go go to water. Like go, go to the, the beach, beach or maybe something? go to the beach or something. Yeah. I'd, or a river I would get in my tactical bath in my bunker. Prepare for <laughs> I think I I'd want to be with my family. I would just want to be yeah, with my together. family. I mean, I would prefer not to end the show on a very depressing note. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to steal I'd have to steal away from my family for a hot second, though, to have some sex. Like, that would definitely have to happen. Well, I mean, you you have have 17 hours. You got time. All you need is, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, but then, you know, but then it's like, you know, you've got, like, you've got, like, five minutes left. And it's like, damn, did I really need to be fucking for, like, 30 minutes of, like, the last 17 hours? Like, I really probably should have spent that time with my kids. You know, but, I feel guilty. Just take my kids. Why would you feel guilty? You're sure not going to feel anything at all. And we just hook arms like little otters. Aww. Aww. All right. Now I'm really depressed. Yeah. Good job. Chris, that face is terrible. Go to bed and think about being exploded while you sleep. I put this on you. (laughs) This is on you. No, the solution is to not think about it because you you have no control over it. I didn't do this. I didn't ask the question. Didn't you? Or did Carrie ask it? No, it was April. It was me. You're an asshole. It was Fuck me, you, and Chris. I want him to know. <laughs> now who's the asshole? <laughs> you made her spill her drink on her shirt. That's it. That's the quote. That's what I wanted at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> My mouth or is it going to come out my nose? Ooh, that burns. <laughs> my shirt is so- <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That's a first. Again, another second that I wish that everyone could see the video of this. Mm. Oh, my God. 
Well, I think I need to change my shirt. <laughs> oh, well, dear listener. Uh, before. Oh, here she goes. Here she goes. <laughs> Preparing for liftoff. We're going to space, baby. <laughs> A giant phallic, phallic rocket ship. Stacy's laugh is powering the space station that we're all going to survive on. As we oh go into deep space. Well, if Monsters Inc. is to be believed, laughter is a powerful, it's very powerful. Oh, oh, I'm going to wake up my kids. Oh, I'm going to stop. Oh, I'm going to pee. I'm going to pee because my shirt's all wet and cold. No. <laughs> Dear beloved listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed the existential dread we have placed upon you (laughs) (laughs) this evening. Um, And if you would like to reach out and tell us how much you enjoyed that existential dread, (laughs) please let us know know at facebook.com slash freaks and geeks. Or you can hit us up on the Twitter or the Instagram or the Pinterest, or, you know, April's TikTok. Boom. Boom. <laughs> um, Ticking and talking. <laughs> uh, you can also, if you would like to, hit us up at the uh, the old freaksandgeekspodcast.com, the old website, and uh, also at the on Patreon. And we would like to, sh- we'd like to thank all of those who decide to Give us a little bit of their hard-earned dollar, Dolores, and we appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, well, does anybody else have anything before we decide to blast off? No. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, to all of you out there in podcast land, we hope that you stay freaky, you stay geeky. We'll catch you on the flip flop. Bye. See you next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>